Hi, welcome to Coffee and Creatives, Season 3. In this episode, we're chatting about the fourth chapter of Julia Cameron's The Listening Path. This chapter presented some challenges to us, so instead of following Cameron's directions completely, we adjusted the exercises. I think you'll find it interesting, so grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine or whatever makes you happy and enjoy the show. Becca, what are you drinking? I'm drinking iced blonde coffee with almond milk. Hmm. Is that from Starbucks or did you just make it? I made it. There Very is good. not a Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> the closest Starbucks is an hour away. Oh my oh god. No. <laughs> no. Oh wait, no, there is one on campus at the local uh, university, but you have to like get out of your car and walk for like ten minutes into the student mm. center and then out of the student center. We no. are getting no one good. though. They're building one a less than a mile away from me. Woohoo. Supposedly. What are you drinking, Anna? Uh, I wish I was drinking what you were drinking. Um, I'm drinking water, uh, but I did have good coffee this morning, and I did that uh, oat milk and whipping cream mix, and it was just really good. And I was like, why don't I do this more? So, I also put manuka honey in it. Have you guys heard of manuka honey? What is this? It's like, I don't know how to describe it. It was like really good for your immune system. It's from New Zealand, and it's like rated by like numbers. So, like, the higher the something number like the more immune and better it is for you so the one i got is like pretty low but every time i eat the honey i'm like this is gonna save me from covid <laughs> <laughs> so anyways it's one thing i do to like feel good uh anyways noel what are you drinking feel better i'm drinking some lavender tea because i had mm. three cups of coffee today i was getting the shakes so i was like okay wow. lavender tea time Three cups before three. That's impressive. Yeah, well, it was like I had a cup and then I forgot where it was, so I got another cup. And I probably didn't drink the... What about you, Christina? I'm drinking water, but I had earlier some really good Allegro coffee. And I've discovered, like, this is just very recent and very exciting. I am a light roast person. Mm, yeah. And I always thought I was a medium or dark roast person. And I would never, like, try light roast or buy it. And we started buying it. Maybe it was when you guys got me that um, Stumptown for, like, Christmas or birthday or something. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And so I started buying, like, all light roast. So that it, has It's been true. Exciting. Like, I think you expect dark roast to be, like, really good. But light roast is just better. It's better. I don't know what it's. And especially, like, the Colombian variety or, like, Costa Rica or something, those just are so good. You probably know this, but light roast coffee has significantly more caffeine than dark roast coffee. I think that's what it... The darker the the roast, the more of the caffeine comes out. Right. um, It's just something about the flavor. I feel like a lot of dark roast has, like, kind of, like... Almost like an ashy taste to it. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the the light roast coffee, you get more like it's more a like fruity. Fruity I think. and like the, yeah. the um citrus kind of stuff. And I really like citrus, so Yeah. It tastes like more like fresh too. Like mm-hmm. the taste is just like what do they call it? Like um when the chaff is in the bean, you know? Is that just me? it's like if like the thing is in it then it was like just recently roasted and you like use it by that date i don't know okay i'm gonna stop i don't know a lot about it i don't know a lot about anything that i'm saying right now so I'm just, <laughs> just stop but light roast get that light roast good stuff we like switched from we had like dark roast and then we switched to light roast, and both Derek and I that day we were like, "We can conquer the world." Yeah. Like, so much yeah. Than us. yeah. So let's talk about our projects. I'll go first because I always make you guys go first. Ha. I almost finished a painting this week. I was pretty happy with it, and but most of my energy I'm taking this like, like turning your creativity into a business class, which. It's good, but it was all about website stuff. And as everybody knows, I love working <laughs> on my website. Oh, that's so, why you did all that stuff on your website. 
Yes, because I had uh-huh. to. I was like, look at Noel taking this initiative, <laughs> just updating her website. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. I probably spent like eight hours this past week editing my website. Mm. And then it's just it's stupid hard. I don't like it. Good but, for you, though. You're yeah. doing it. I think I'm almost done with my painting collection, so I'm hoping to release that in May. Yeah, That's amazing. Great yeah. job. So exciting. Yeah. Who wants to go next? Becca does. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I was going to work on it yesterday, but then I was reading um, this book, Children of Dune, and there was a big plot twist. So then I just kept reading the book, <laughs> and my justification was that it was a book that is like a sci-fi classic and it really is adding to my box of <laughs> knowledge to study for stuff. I did work on a blog post for my blog. Um, so that was creative writing. And then I was going to work on the novel novel, but then I was reading a book that was study for the novel. And then I just read that for four hours instead of working on my novel. So I did nothing, but I have my dog also ate my homework and <laughs> I have a doctor's note and yeah. <laughs> I always tell Patrick that when I want to watch a movie, it's like research. <laughs> <laughs> it's like research on storytelling. No, it's that's like, good. Mm-hmm. Well, a legitimate, like, like Dune is like kind of like a, a science fiction, like classic. So I did like pick it out to read because I was like, oh, this will be good to help me like do some study. Mm-hmm. But I probably should have actually worked on it instead of just read Dune for four hours. <laughs> You know what I picked up this week that made me think of you, Becca? Uh, Procrastinator's uh, Guide to Getting Things Done. (laughs) (laughs) I got the book out of the library on my uh, library, out of um, my, like, digital library thing. Sorcery in Cecilia. Oh, that's my favorite. I, I know. That. I was like reading it. I was like, I miss Becca. It's the inspiration for what my world is to be in my book. Hmm. I don't know that so, one. I don't it's know really it either. Good. It's really good. It's by Patricia Reed and some other lady who's also good. Um, but it's really interesting. It's about two cousins and the book is written, letters written to the cousins. Imagine mm. Bridgerton without sex, but with magic, and that's what it is. Mm. Okay, that sounds kind of cool. Okay. It's very lighthearted. Like, if you're like, I want everything to turn out okay in the end yeah. of this book. <laughs> it's young adult. Gotcha. I'll check it out. I knew it. It's a quick read. It's fun. How's your musical going, Christina? Um, it's going pretty good. I had kind of like a busy week, first few days of the week with work, and then I had off a day, so I worked on it some that day, and then I think we had an interview the last week, but that week was a really good week for me, just with like getting in a groove, um... Yeah, I, like, named a character, which was exciting, because I, like, never... I mean, it'll probably change, because I (laughs) probably will get bored with it. Um, But, like, that is really hard for me, because it's, like, a decision, and decisions are difficult for me. Um, So I did that, and then um, I'm meeting with a a friend. I think I've talked about her before. She's read a a draft I'm meeting with her this week, which will be good, just kind of... We're, like, just going to hang out, but I'm going to, like, update her and maybe ask her her thoughts on a couple things. Um, yeah, so it was, it's been good. I think I just, I'm, like, almost to the point where I need to, like, sit at the piano. And I'm, like, excited and also, like, dreading that time. Because <laughs> that's, like, this part is hard, but that part is also hard. So how about you, Anna? Um, so I finished the painting I started in September. Snap! So. Star Creative! Yay. Wow. <laughs> one. That looks one so thing. good. 
Thanks. It's funny because I finished it and I was like, DJ, look, I finished it. And he's like, is it finished? <laughs> are you, like, are you yeah, sure? Shut up. He's like, don't you want to like blend it? I was like, what the? No. Are you an art critic? Like, get out of here. <laughs> um, so that felt good. Um, I and when I showed Derek some of my writing, he's like, oh, so many adjectives. I'm like, yes, yes, lots of adjectives. Yeah. Um, dude, yeah. I know. I hate when like, People are like, you like want the feedback, but then they like come in hard. You're like, that's not what you're here for. It's only applause time. Only applause time. You're supposed to be an affirming mirror right now. Exactly. (laughs) Wait, is that what Julia Cameron calls it? Uh, Um, like a, oh gosh, what's it called? A positive mirror, a a something mirror, Uh, a mirror that is encouraging to you in some way. Her mirror friend. (laughs) um, Reminds me of Anna Green Gables in the movie when she like talks to um, her like window friend. I can't remember sorry. what it's called. But I kind of hijacked your um, sharing time. I'm sorry. Continue Star Creative. They, no, no, I'm not really Star Creative at all. But basically, I finished that painting, and then I've been meaning to start my next painting. Um, and I just haven't, like, had a moment, like, actually, though. Um, so that's been kind of annoying. But I'm hoping to start it this week. But then I was thinking about it, and I was like, I wanted to go bigger on it, but I also really don't want to go to the stores. <laughs> like, so, how am I going to do this? And then I was like, what if I just made it a giant square? And I was like, that would look horrible. What am I thinking? So <laughs> I I think I need to, like, map it out on the size that I have and see if that's what I like for it, and then just go for it. And then for my story collection I was working on um it just like hasn't like I just haven't had a chance to pick it up yet but I'm also hoping to do that this week and both of those were on my to-do list this week but I just didn't get the time to do it I mean I really wanted to finish this one painting that I've been working on for a really long time and by working on I mean it's just been sitting in my studio (laughs) since October (laughs) Um, and it was on my to-do list this week and I didn't do it, but I did clean my house really well this week because I was working on that painting. I will say I've, I just started like working out again and that has felt so good, but it's like, because I've made time for that and I have to like reorganize my time like this sucks, but I figured out. Yeah. The half marathon I was training for got pushed back to June or July. So now... I'm no longer working out for <laughs> to be prepared for the half marathon in time. But I still oh, don't yeah. do my homework. It's okay. You were doing research. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. Research. I was doing research. In case anyone is thinking of reading Children of Dune, it has an extremely disappointing ending, which mm. if you were going to procrastinate for four hours and try to finish the book, you will be deeply disappointed. I You're hate welcome. books like that. Yes. I'm like, why did I waste my time? Spoiler, the main character turns into a worm at the end. Hmm. And spoiler. Is this different well, from like Dune? Yes, it's the third book in the series. Ah, uh, okay. It's That's... not It's not the characters in Dune, it's their children. The children of Dune. I see, okay. Yeah, I'm good. I think I, <laughs> I figured that one out now, I don't have to read it. <laughs> Thanks, Becca. <Yeah. laughs> Thanks for that. So, we are talking about Chapter 4 this week, but before we talk about Chapter 4, we're going to talk about some stuff around Chapter 4 to make it a little less weird, because this was a very weird chapter. I hated this chapter. I just need to get that out there. We're going to talk about other stuff first. For everybody to understand (laughs) first. (laughs) Tell us how you really feel. This was not my favorite. We are talking about Chapter 4. We're just, like... Making We're using it, it as a jumping off point to talk about other things. We're making it our own. Yes. We're making it not... We're being creative with it. Yeah. Yes. She would be very proud of us. Would she? Because I didn't do any of the exercises. <laughs> but would she? <laughs> um, so, does anybody just want to share about this chapter before we start talking? She says, be woo-woo, talk to dead people, open yourself up, have a seance, and then your <laughs> life will be self-actualized. In that, If people don't believe in this, it's because they're too close-minded. Let me yes. see if I underlined anything. 
I think I wrote some things in the margins. I literally but they held a nice pen things. the whole time I was reading, and it <laughs> never, me too, never hit the paper. Me too. Me too. Nope, didn't underline a thing. I like the Harry Potter quote. Yeah, J.K. Rowling, my lady. Oh, wait, um, no. I wrote a nope and an X. That's all. <laughs> <I wrote. laughs> yeah, so, like, um, I really loved Julia Cameron's Artist Way, and, like, for the most part, I felt like the Artist Way was very respectful of lots of different faith backgrounds and lots of different walks of life. I remember there was one exercise that I felt very uncomfortable doing in the artist way, which was like build a temple or like a shrine to your creativity. But it was one part of one chapter that was very easy to skip. Mm. But this is a whole chapter about talking to dead people. And like, I don't know. I was disappointed. So let's just talk a little bit about if you could have a conversation with anyone who has died who would you want to have a conversation with again or someone from history but i'm not actually bringing them back from the dead in a seance i'm like in a time machine with them. yes okay yes we're not actually talking to dead people okay Oh, Who would right. all my candles, dang it. <laughs> yeah, well, all the candles. <laughs> Take them away. Anna, this is perfect for you with your Enneagram, whatever thing you drew on the back oh porch my gosh. that ended up looking at. <laughs> yeah. Nine-pointed star. <laughs> Let me just put the chalk away and erase the symbol from my put deck. The chalk I apologize down. for everybody who already killed a goat in preparation for this episode. Um, wait, so the question is, who would we want to bring back... Oh my not, god, wait. No. Not bring back. <laughs> just like talk too to. Much, too much say just, just talk to. Okay, so if, if we we're could just go back in a time, time machine. And talk to them. Got it. Doing any sort of talking to dead people. Adventures in Odyssey style. Yes. Where, like go back mm-hmm. in the time machine and talk to people. Yes. All right. Keeping this PG, guys. <laughs> Get in the imagination station. Who do you want to talk to? Uh, I have no idea. Someone to I take. I think I want to talk to Jane Austen. Um, cause I love her books and they're so funny and witty and she's got great characters. Also, she speaks English so I could understand what she was saying. Um, and she, I feel like had like kind of like a limited life experience and yet she wrote so well, like I think, so she, I really admire her and I love her books. Also, there's this princess a Spanish princess. She was the daughter of Isabella and Ferdinand, and her name is Juana la Loca. And, um, the crazy so like princess? Joanna la, the crazy. And she was like, so she's the, ton, the daughter of Ferdinand and Isabella, and she is so interesting, and I want to know more about her. But she, like, was really well educated and was educated, like, in the tradition that was usually kept just for men. Like, she knew calculus really well and modern and, like, the ancient languages um and from every report she was a very like intelligent person but then she like went crazy in her 20s and was then kept in a nunnery and was she well like she married this guy i think his name was like philip the beautiful or something and her love for him drove her crazy because he had affairs and so then she went nuts and then they locked her in a nunnery and she had her husband's dead corpse there that she slept next to and never left the nunnery for like 40 years. But some historical evidence points to that she never actually did go crazy, but that she became a Protestant and was a Calvinist and that because the monarchy was so strongly Catholic that they wanted to get her out of the way and Ferdinand, after Isabella died, wanted to have the firm claim to the throne because he didn't have a claim to Castilla if Joanna was sane. And so I just find this whole interesting, this situation very interesting. Also, the um, telenovela-ness of it is an inspiration for part of my novel. So it would be research. And it's just like such an interesting, like what what was going on really with her? Did she go crazy because her husband was unfaithful? Obviously, she needed to read the chapter in that book. Um, Or was she like, was she a Calvinist (laughs) and in like a militant... Like, Spain. What did she do while she was in the nunnery? This, like, brilliant woman who was locked up? I just want to know. Have a conversation with her about her life. Maybe help her get out in the nunnery if she's not crazy. 
Get her out. <laughs> Get her out. <laughs> Bust her out. It's very, like, I don't know, yellow wallpaper. And, it does sound like um, yellow wallpaper yeah. when you're talking. I'm like, girl, mm-hmm. what's going on? Like, are you really yeah. crazy or did they make you crazy? <laughs> or did you fall in love with the tulip? I, I get you, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, so right. Jane Austen and then Juana La Loca. Juana La Loca. Juana La Loca. To write that down. Nobody write a novel with Juana La Loca as the backstory. Dibs. <laughs> Dibs. You have that one in the bag. What about you, Christina? Mm, I feel like there's, like, so many people, like, I don't know, like, artists and writers and things like that um, that, like, came to mind. But I don't know. I also, like, think... I'd really like to have, like, conversations with, like, my, uh, like, my grandparents, like, at my age, you know? Yeah. Or, like, my, like, ancestors. I just think that would be really interesting. Um, I mean, not even, like, just at my age. That would be really cool. But, like, even, even just, like, as, because my grandparents, like, died when I was younger and just, like, I'd like to, like, talk to them as an adult. Because mm-hmm. you like never ask, never ask the questions you want to know, like later, you know, mm-hmm. when you're a kid. So that was like probably the first thing that came to my mind. Um, What's a question you would ask? Like how they, I don't know, how they saw the world and like how, I mean, like I kind of wrote about this a little bit, but like when my grandmother came to like New York from North Dakota, like, what, like, was she freaking out? Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. coming to, like, this huge city from literally, like, the middle of nowhere, like, what was she thinking? Um, Yeah, just, like, more, I guess, like, thought stuff, like, what was that like for you? Or um, did you, like, did you want to go, like, she ended up going back for a time after they got married. Um, like, did you want to go back? Like, did you want to stay? I don't know. Just like things like that. Yeah. That's so cool that you have like the shared experience with your grandmother of going to New York City. Yeah. It's really interesting. Like, it's really strange. Sounds like a musical idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Reminds me of a novel when you have like two different generations and you have flashbacks and flash forwards. Or like Julie and Julia, you know? Oh, yeah. Like like The Godfather Part Two. I never saw it. I need to to do that. It's a really good movie, but it's much sadder than the first one. Yeah. What about you, Noelle? Did you have somebody? Yeah, I was also, like, hearing Becca talk about the crazy Spanish princess made me think about... There was this nun at the beginning of the um, turn of the first century, and her name was Hildegard of Bingham. Mm. Have you heard of her? Yeah. Yeah, I read some of her stuff. Yeah, I did. So, when I was in college, but I actually didn't finish my bachelor's, but doesn't matter start for a different time. I did a huge project on um, Hildegard of Bingham, and there's so much... You did? That- I didn't know that. Yeah, because, like, so her illustrations in her books... Oh, did books, she paint, too? They think her nuns painted them. Hmm. They think. So it's, like, some of the... It's early work made well, you by should women. Explain. So she, like, had these visions, right? Am I thinking of the right person? Mm-hmm. Hildegard Bingham. She was, um, I think it's called... She was an anchorite for, like, they think the first 40 years of her life. They're an not anchorite? completely... An anchorite, which is where you, she, say, she served this lady named Yuta. And basically what happened is they had like two rooms and they would lock the women in and build up the walls. So you could not, there was no door. You could not get in or out. And they think she went in when she was 12. And then when Yuta died, when Hildegard was like. Wait, why did they do this? Uh, to dedicate their life to God in prayer. Wait, but then how did they like eat and stuff? Did they have like there was little, little holes that you could put food through, and you they could, kept like, them in solitary confinement from when she was twelve. Okay, from when she was twelve to when they like they think she was twelve to forty. Ah. And they're like different. Oh my there's gosh. a lot of different. 
Yeah, so there's like a lot of different ways that you could be an anchorite. Like sometimes they would have doors, sometimes they wouldn't have doors. Sometimes it was more constrict, like restrictive, and sometimes it was more you had more freedom. I hate it. Yeah, it was like a really like not healthy practice. Um, so she had this, and she would have visions. And some people think like, oh, she had migraines, and she saw things in her migraines. Some people think she was having visions of the Reformation. But she wrote, and like, she was, she wrote a lot. They're really interesting. I just like to have a conversation with her about like how she saw things and what she, like, what she thought about them. And like, people like to speculate a lot because, I mean, the for like 30 years of her life, the people that she was closest with were women. So a lot of people are like, they speculate about her. It's like, what's true, what's not true. Mm-hmm. So I just like to have a conversation with her because I think she she's really interesting. And she's like this really, she, they think, she, like, after Yuda died, they opened up the where she lived to get the body out and to have a big ceremony because, like, Yuda was a pretty important person. And then, mm-hmm. um... So it was just her so, and Yuda in there or they were separated? There's, there's, uh... Two other girls, too. Four girls, one room, 30 years. Yeah, that's what they think. Um, and then crazy. supposedly Hildegard, like, made it so that the they didn't have to go back in. But they would open it up every couple of years to put more of the girls in, like, every 20 years. I think it's there was so two sets of... Right yeah, I don't... Like, what? Yeah. I didn't know that about... I remember... I mean, I remember reading, like, the stuff she wrote. Like, she had these visions about God, and then she dictated them to nuns who wrote them down. Yeah. And they're, like, very strange. And I just was like, I don't know what to do with this. Well, and her thing was, like, we are the bride of Christ and we should dress like the bride of Christ. So her nuns, like, they let their hair down. They wore really beautiful clothing and they wore, like, crowns hmm. um, to celebrate, like, we are the bride of Christ and, like, to dress as to a bride. Tomorrow. Huh? I wear my wedding dress and the crown to work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dust off the old crown. <laughs> um... <laughs> I just think she would be so interesting to have a conversation with and just like she was one of like you know she's this revolutionary hmm. the other person I thought would be really interesting to have a conversation with would be Harriet Tubman mm-hmm. yeah because like I don't know wow um so I picked Joan of Arc I was just thinking about her yeah. I was just thinking about her too because love like, her <laughs> yeah because <laughs> um, I love or quote, I'm not afraid I was born to do this, which is like, girl power. Um, <laughs> yeah. but like, you know, I just think she, it's, I think it's really awesome that like over all these like centuries, like she's still remembered. And I think that's very rare for a woman, especially for like her age. And I think to have been remembered, especially doing what she did. So it just shows like how like, you know, unique that was like huge mm-hmm. trendsetter for women and like, mm-hmm. Like breaking the trend for like women to be remembered for like more than just like being a mom or a wife, which isn't wrong, but I think, yeah, anyways. So, yeah, I just, I think, I just have always really like admired her. And then I think Princess Diana. <laughs> I was just thinking of her too. <laughs> yeah, like, after like the Meghan Markle interview, which I still need to watch. Um, oh, but I, I just. Watched the whole thing. I <laughs> yeah. like had a very busy week that week with work, and I had like no free time. And then I was like grading. I was like, I'll just watch five minutes. And then I was like, I'm staying up till one in the morning. I have to see what Harry says, and I need to know it all. I think like some parts of it, like I, I don't understand. Maybe if I watch it, it'll make more sense. But anyways, I just think Princess Diana, like she was a dancer, and she was just kind of trapped like it's almost like they took this like beautiful bird and like locked her away and then like she just I don't know like I just can't imagine what she went through and I think she's such a a remarkable person so I would like just like want to know more about her story and like her thoughts on like life and um and stuff so my um Sam and I are watching The Crown together which is kind of interesting because I like, I'm a history buff. I know what's going to happen. Yeah. So, like, Charles is, Prince Charles is dating Camilla, or, like, at that part, and he's like, how do you marry Diana? I'm like, yes, but all And he's like, yeah. Apparently, there was, like, a thing where a bunch of people didn't know that, um, 
Diana died tragically, like especially like younger mm. people who are watching the show. And so there was like this mass like hysteria over finding out that Diana died. Like they relived. What, was that in 96 that that happened? Mm-hmm. Oh. I think so. I don't know. I remember like it being very tragic. And like, and so a bunch, a whole new generation, a whole new generation like discovered what happened with Diana and they were like distraught. Mm. I would like to talk to John Bonet and ask her who I was thinking about who killed her. Oh my god. I was like, I kinda wanna interview her, but I feel like that's so messed up. But I'm like, who killed you? I, like, like, who? John Bonet Ramsey. John she was Binet. like like a she's seven like, year old little she's girl. Our age. Oh, oh. Nineteen ninety six. Okay, I remember now. Yeah. I was thinking in, in some Colorado. sort of medieval like oh, yeah. no, no, no. I know. She's still thinking of Hildegard <laughs> yeah. or Juana La Loca. Same same name. Different. <laughs> Different century. Different time period. Oh, wait. So yeah. she was, like, kidnapped or something? She was, like, She murdered. was found in her basement. Like, brutally. Yeah. Like, Christmas night or something. And, like, yeah. they never... They still don't know. They can't figure out who did it. They think, like, like both the of the parents could have done it. The son could have done it, like, for being jealous of her. Or there was, like, some guys oh, she, that they like, thought uh, maybe did in it. Little pageants or yes. something? Okay. Huge pageant girl. Yeah, if you saw, like, a picture of her, you would... And there's, uh, like, all these documentaries. Well, I've watched the weird all. thing is... Cassie <laughs> looks very similar. My older sister looks very similar to John Bonet Ramsey. Oh, that's funny. like, and as an adult, like going to college, people were like, "Are you John Bonet Ramsey?" Like three different professors asked her that. Like, so are really you weird. related to her? Are you her? And like, she was like, "No, I'm not." That's but a she looks girl. Very, like her face does look really similar to John Bonet, which is huh. So I have maybe a she weird is. question for you, Anna. Yeah. Your father-in-law passed away. If you were to have a conversation with oh. him, what would you ask him? Uh, hot seat. Why don't you put me in that? <laughs> <laughs> um, you can think about it and tell us later. Or you can say you don't know and it's fine. Because I was I, thinking about people, like this week I was thinking about people who have died. And I was like, oh, I think I said everything that I, I needed I would, to to David. I wonder if there's... Because you never really got to have a conversation with him. Yeah, no. I think I would ask him, like, a lot about his thoughts about, like, what's going on in the world right now. Mm. And, like, what he thought about, like, COVID and quarantine and, like, how he felt about, like, the vaccine and, like, what he thought about this Biden-Trump situation. Like, I think I would just, like, really like to know, like, where he stood on these things and why. Like, what his Mm. reasoning is. Um, I think it's so frustrating because people don't like they can say like they can guess where he stood but like no one really knows like he's Mm -hmm. you know like i could see him going either way on any of it so like i think Mm -hmm. it's really interesting to know um and i think i'd also want to hear his thoughts on like the church today like the american church um like black lives matter um like gun control like honestly like all of it and also like you know like like dj growing up (laughs) Yeah. And like I think it's funny because I feel like I think he and I would have gotten along really well. But oh yeah, I think oh, so. Yeah, you guys would yeah. never have known. But yeah, you I, would be the favorite. Oh my god, stop! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just I think that like I would just love to like hear his stories about like just like the impactful like things that he told DJ or like memories that were like important to him, like being like a father. You know, like I remember I told DJ one time or like. Oh, yeah, one time DJ did this and, like, you know, like, the important memories for him, I think. That was, like, a loaded answer, but I think about it all the time. It's <laughs> a honestly. really long conversation, basically. Yeah. yeah. Basically, it'd be a longer Oprah interview. Than yeah. Like, <laughs> you have a couple of those moments. Like, in heaven, Oprah's going to lead that interview. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that would be like special I just request. love all the memes with Oprah's facial expressions. Like <laughs> they're so good. Like I've never thought of Oprah. Like I, you, I've, I've thought of Oprah obviously, but I've never thought of her as that like expressive of as a person. Like her face is always like very professional. I feel like yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But when, during the interview, her looks of like what the hell? <laughs> like, I don't know. It just really cracks me up. It's so hard. For, and watching that interview is so hard for me to separate reality from like the crown because like I've watched the crown so much where I was like what is real what is not was mm-hmm. Prince Charles 
jealous of all the attention Meghan Markle was getting? Is that what they're inferring? I don't understand. Who's this upper family member who has been like pulling these strings to like hurt her? I need the truth. Yeah. I think, but then I, I was like the kind of conflating the TV show with who, who, people's really real yeah. lives. You know? The weirdest thing for me, I, and again, I haven't watched the full interview, is that she said she had to set the record straight that Kate made her cry and she didn't make Kate cry. And I just thought that was so weird to like want to be like, oh, no, no, no. Like she made me cry. And um, I think Oprah kind of like pushed it. Oh, did like, she? I think, if I remember correctly. Because um, then, like... She was like, I didn't actually make her cry. It wasn't true. And she's like, well, was there an event? She was like, yes, there was an event where everybody was stressed, and we talked, uh, and there was something where we had okay. a little bit of a discussion, but I didn't make her cry. And she was like, were there tears? Or I forget what she says, but she was like, it was the opposite. She made me cry, but we were stressed, and she apologized, and she sent flowers, and she's a she's a kind person, and it's... And it's fine, but it was just weird that the opposite had happened. And then the press did the other thing. So she wasn't like, Kate made me cry. It okay. just kind of, and like, Oprah was kind like of, like, everybody's, digging. Everybody's in-laws, like, my in-laws are, like, the best people in the world. But they still, some, like, we've, like, when you're in close relationship with people, you sometimes yeah. cry. Oh, you sometimes I've have little tips. Like, like, why is this news? to Florida, yeah. so, Yeah. I get it. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it's like never like a planned thing. And I never, I like, I'm always like, why am I, why do I always have to cry when we're visiting your family? Sometimes I pre-cry to get it out before. Yeah. You just get a good cry beforehand. I, but I don't feel like my, my <laughs> you always bust cry. I can't cry. I can't cry in the moment, but like after. I think it's a seven thing that I have to like cry when it's happening because I don't have the energy to hold it in. I wish I was like that. God, no, that's embarrassing. And then you're in love. You're like, why are you so emotional? <laughs> <laughs> They've never said that to me, but I just, I remember we went like to throw axes and like one of my in-laws was really pushing me about financial questions and it really stressed me out because I was pregnant and I walked in the door just crying and they were, everybody was like, are you okay? And I was like, I just really hungry. Like you were throwing axes? <laughs> it was like axes? the most hot mess. Yeah. You know, like axe throwing, you know, like this is like, the new thing to do. I didn't know like, that. Throw it at like a wooden target. Really? It's like the new, like, everybody's company takes them to go axe throwing. It's really a weird thing. There was one of those in Nashville. It's, like, not that cool, and it's not that fun. But we did it because we thought it would be the hot new fun thing. And it was kind of like, why am I here? I'm, like, pregnant. I don't want this axe to hit my stomach. <laughs> it's just a bad idea. Anyways. Oh, my gosh. Um, I need to watch so, the interview. Um, so... How do you think, how do you think about people that have passed on and what things do you do in their memory or to celebrate their life? I, um, so my great grandmother on my dad's side was a very influential person in our, like Becca and I's family in our lives growing up and her birthday was recently. So I tried to make her yeast rolls as like something Mm. to share with like my husband and our daughter and, like, also appreciate this, like, labor of love that she did all the, like, every day for, like, I don't know, 80 years, probably. Probably, like, 95 Maybe. years. I don't know. Yeah, 95 She died years at 100. She... I assume she came out of the womb making bread. I don't know. That was her thing. <laughs> yeah. And, like, me struggle busting through it. I was just, like, think about, like, how much she loved us that every day we were there, she would make us these, like, wonderful bread. So... That's so sweet. I love that. Mine's the same. No, you can't do it. <laughs> wow, Becca. Great grandmother Beulah, who passed away this fall. Very influential person on me. Um, I did not honor her birthday specifically because it was a happy I, accident. I was just thinking about her, and then I was making the rolls, and I was God, talking to her. That mom. her birthday was in March until you said that, and I don't know what specific day it is. What is it? What's her birthday? Uh, really? I think it's the tenth. Okay, but anyway, when I, I forget whenever, what day I did it, I'm sorry. Whenever I make bread, I definitely think about her, especially um, how she would like punch down the dough. So, and then just how she was like, kind of like in a traditional like feminine role, like she was the wife and the homemaker and the 
the farm wife and stuff, but she was very fierce and strong and a leader in that role. And, um, and I really admire that she was, um, just like took on like this role and like made it her own. Um, and also she like played piano and like practiced on her own. I remember like she would do that just for her own personal enjoyment. And even though I'm not going to be a concert pianist, whenever I'm playing, I kind of think about like, well, it's for the now it's for me. It's for my enjoyment. And my grandmother who's like a hundred years old would play the piano just for her own personal enjoyment. It's okay that I'm not getting my timing correctly on my nocturne. So yeah, those are, I guess the times I think about her. I, um, like for this one, I was thinking a lot about my, a teacher that I had in, in college, um, that I was really close to and she, she died when I was there. Like she had a lot of health, um, like complications and she was like my, um, like my jazz instructor. So like I was in, um, like classical lessons and everything, uh, like that everybody else was in and. And then I got introduced to her through a friend and like the small jazz group that she led. And she was just like the, she was like everything that was so different from like my training in, in school. And she would just like, we would just talk. Like sometimes we would like not even have a lesson. We would just like talk and she was like the best. And I loved her like so much. And so I was just like, I think about her a lot when I, like, play the piano, um, and I always, I think about her a lot, like, in, in May, which is, like, when she passed, I don't, I don't even remember her birthday, but, um, I don't know, just, it was, like, a really special time in my life, and it's weird because, like, if she was still alive, I probably wouldn't see her ever, so sometimes it, like, feels like, you know, because you, like, leave college, and then you never see your teachers, like, maybe ever again, um, and so like, sometimes it's weird. I just kind of think she's like still there, but she's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think when I like play, I, or write even, I like keep her in mind a lot. So that's what I thought of. This makes me so emotional guys. <laughs> like <laughs> so many beautiful people. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I need to throw an ax to get it out. This is like so embarrassing. I have to think so hard about people that passed away. Cause I think I just like, I, just can't think about it often because I like don't like to get sad. <laughs> um so I'm like oh like who died <laughs> when was that <laughs> so bad um but my aunt passed away a couple years ago and that was just really rough um and she was like super close with our family um I met her so right? your mom's sister not my mom's sister. She was um, my mom's sister-in-law. So she married my mom's youngest brother oh, okay. or younger brother. It's her only brother. Um, so my mom is the oldest of four kids and Jim is her younger brother. And her and Jim are the only ones that had kids. So like those were the only cousins on my mom's side that I have. And his Jim, my uncle Jim married um, my aunt Laura and she was like um, part Irish, but she was also adopted. So she's like doesn't know a lot about like her family but um she had like bright red hair and she was like super liberal and awesome (laughs) and catholic which is really funny um and she was just the sweetest person and she was just super cool and I don't know I just have like a lot of great memories of her but um in like the last years that I had with her which we didn't know was last years because she ended up getting cancer and just like not living much longer after that. Um, but like, I remember like (laughs) moving to LA and my mom was like, definitely not in agreement with that. And Laura and my mom were really close. I remember Laura being like, you know, my friends and I moved to the beach once and it was a lot of fun. And she never like was judgy about my decisions. She was always kind of like, go for it, like do it. And like, even like when I was like marrying DJ, she was like, you know, and I was telling her like, oh yeah, like we're going to have a wedding soon. And she was just like, make sure you let your mom be involved. Like she just wants to help. And like, she was just never pushy, you know, like she was never like, you need to do this, 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 this. She was always just kind of like very gently supportive, but also like encouraging me to like think about Mm -hmm. other things too. Um, 
So I think about her a lot. And what's really funny is DJ and I talk a lot about like baby names for the next baby, which we're like not ready. But <laughs> the next baby name that we think we'd go with if we did have a girl, if we were pregnant, uh, it would be actually a nod to her. So I'm like really excited. So I'm kind of like, I hope we have a girl next <laughs> because yeah. it'd be really sweet to like have something in her memory. Um, but I don't know if we have a boy, I'll be like, well, screw it. <laughs> <laughs> this is 2021. Right. <laughs> you can have that in. Like, uh, but anyways, so that's kind of, um, I think about, and then obviously TJ's dad, but it's weird because, like, again, I didn't know him, but I think about him probably the most because mm-hmm. I live in his old house. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just, there's so many things that, like, he used to drink a lot of Mountain Dew. So, like, anytime we see Mountain Dew, I always think of him. His favorite, like, meal from Olive Garden was the Tour of Italy. So, like, they always bring that up. Like, his favorite movie was Princess Bride. Like, just, like, I know, like, all of his favorite stuff because of his family, which I think is great. Um, but it's just kind of funny because I'm always like, DJ, we should do something on, like, on the anniversary of, like, you know, your dad dying or, like, on his birthday or, like, we should just, like, pick a day and, like, do something to celebrate him. But I think that's easier for me because, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I just want to, like, have this, like, memory thing. But I think for DJ, it's, like, a harder thing to, like... Yeah decide on one thing to pick to like celebrate the person that was like the most inspirational to him you know so I don't know that reminds me I mean this is like really difficult thing to talk about but like that reminds me um in my mom's family there was um an aunt who died in childhood our aunt Robin died and um so Noelle and I never knew our aunt Robin um because she was quite young when she died but there's like that that I don't know like family memory there. I know it's different, but like just kind of like that treasuring of that person and thinking about that person, but also being able to talk about it in a way where the grief is too severe for other people who actually knew her. And it's kind of like yeah, a strange waters to navigate because it involves your life to a certain degree, but you never actually knew the person. You just know them through others. Yeah. And I think some people, um, I think everybody's different with how they want to like remember mm-hmm. and like how, I don't know, like, do they want to, do they want you to talk about the person? You know, let's say like you're removed, like maybe it's a relative or like something, but you're, it's not your spouse or it's not mm-hmm. your child mm-hmm, yeah. or something. And, like, maybe you want to bring it up, but, like, do they want to talk about it? Like, they don't bring it up. You know, I always feel like that's a tough thing. Um, yeah. Like, my, maybe- my uncle. Yeah. Like, no, you're fine. Um, my uncle died when I was, like, in high school. And I think, no, I was in college. Sorry. But um, I don't know. I feel like we when we, like, get together, it's, like, it was, like, really hard at first. But then over time, you know, like, when the family's together, we don't really talk about it anymore and like he was like so joyful and like fun and I just sometimes wish like we we did talk about him more but like I don't want to bring it up because I'm it wasn't my dad you know like Mm -hmm. or my husband or anything so I don't know it can be like a tricky thing yeah Yeah. I've been reading a lot of stuff about like race relations this week because I think everybody has and, like, one of the things that I read that was really good thing to think about is, like, when you're talking about race with someone who's, like, so, like, if I'm talking about race with someone who's an Asian American, it's going to be a lot, it's going to be a more difficult conversation for them than it mm-hmm. is going to be for me. It's going to cost them more. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be, like, respectful and aware of that. And I think about that kind of, too, with grief is it's, like, this is going to cost you more. Like, but the other thing is, is those are good conversations to have at the right Mm. time, but at the wrong time, they can be so unhelpful and unkind, Mm -hmm. but they can also be incredibly helpful and incredibly kind and, you know, bridge building. So it's, you know, discernment is. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. 
This episode feels heavy, but it is about death. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. We're getting deep. At least for me, I'm like, all right. I'm like 10 tissue boxes in it. <laughs> sure. um, so there are some exercises in this chapter, and we're not going to do them exactly like how they said, how Julie Cameron wrote them, because this does not align with... I'll, I'll say it this way. This does not align with my faith values, and I can't in good conscience do them. Um, I hate them. <laughs> they were just, like, <laughs> just not us. Not our vibe, okay? Not, not our vibe. Our vibe. <laughs> um, so to take the exercise that she has on 150 and adjust it, what someone who you're close to that died, what would be what was some of the common advice that they would give... And then how would you maybe apply that to a situation in your life today? Like to creativity or just like any? Um, anything in general. For mm-hmm. me, the one that I thought of was specifically for creativity, but. Yeah. Do you want to go first, Noelle? Sure. Um, so I was thinking about my grandma Beulah. <clears throat> Dang it, that's Ooh. mine. <laughs> yeah, too, too bad. Sorry. I'll go first. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> um, and she would, we would go to her house and all of my sisters play piano really beautifully. And I did not continue on my piano pian- playing journey. Um, so we would go and she wouldn't always remember that, which is fine. She was like older, you know, and uh, she would ask me to play. And it was like, oh, you know, I don't really do that anymore. I stopped taking lessons. She was like, well, that's OK. Is there something else that you'd like to share with me? And it was just kind of one of those things where, like, you know, it would be really easy to shame me and, like, oh, you should have kept up with your piano playing lessons. like Because lots of other family members did <laughs> do that to you. <laughs> mm. Yes. Um, but, <laughs> but instead, it became this thing where it's like, oh, that's okay. Like, what else do you want to share? And, like, I always felt so, like, like, I just thought that was such a kind way to handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, and make me feel included. So that's really nice. Mine was Grandma Bula as well. I remember I had gone through a rough breakup and um, she asked me about it some. And I was just saying, like, yeah, I just don't really know if I'll ever love again. I just feel really <laughs> like destroyed inside. And she was like, well, pray for what you want. And I remember it's like a good little Presbyterian girl. I had kind of misunderstood that prayer was supposed to be about me resigning myself to my fate instead of asking for what I want. And so it was like a really good, like, I mean, like you're supposed to pray for what you want and to ask for good things that are in God's like will. And, um, but, uh, so she told me to ask for what I want, which is honestly like kind of like a very Julia Cameron thing. Um, so there was that. And then also Christina's grandmother, um, used to live with, um, them and she came to prayer meeting at my family's house growing up. Didn't our moms used to get together every Thursday or something to mm-hmm. pray? That sounds and, right. And <laughs> that remember, sounds like them. Yeah, they did. They totally did. And I remember she came sometimes. And I remember one time she was talking about something and she was like, and you need to pray for what you want and not just pray and like if it's a thing that god has said is good you need to remind god that this is a good thing to ask for and so Mm -hmm. like both those like one like my great-grandmother when christina's grandmother was just like oh it is important to ask god for the things that you want and then to trust him if he gives it or if he doesn't give it to trust him but to not just be like oh i am surely destined to live in a nunnery and uh, to be an anchor right <laughs> be an anchor, <laughs> you know to, to to process your emotions in the pres- presence of god and to ask for the desires of your heart mm. i love that that's so special i love that you have like more advice from my grandmother than <laughs> i even remember what was her name because in my head she's just christina's grandmother oh eileen eileen okay yeah that's really sweet um, yeah, I was thinking of, um, Paula again. So this is the same teacher. Um, and just like, 
she, I feel like she, this like maybe sounds weird, but I feel like she just like did like what she wanted a lot of times and like sometimes like bothered like people or like other teachers like why is she doing this this way or like I don't know they would like give her like a hard time and stuff but like I feel like a lot of the way she like lived her life like she was in a lot of like male dominated um like situations like being a musician and like a jazz musician and like Mm -hmm. she had to like really like find her way and like she would, like, tell me about, you know, them, like, giving her a hard time or, like, being in, like, these, um, like, bands or small groups or whatever. And, like, knowing her talents were, like, equal or, like, better, but, like, having to really, like, work a lot harder and, like, mm-hmm. you know, f- fight more. The patriarchy. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. So... But but just, like, translating that to, like, me, like, this little, like, college student, um, I don't know. I just always felt like she was so encouraging. And, like, if I was struggling with something, it was never, like, I don't know, shaming or anything. It was just, like, well, you just, you need to practice that more. Or, like, I don't know. I just felt like she had this, like, special belief in me that I didn't even have. And so I feel like that's just something I carry with me a lot of times when I like struggle with something musically is just like remembering, I don't know, just like looking at myself as like a student again, or like what she would say to me in a situation where I like don't feel adequate or whatever. So Mm. I don't know. Yeah. What about you, Anna? Was there like any advice that like Laura would give to you or like um not necessarily I think it's just like in the way that she was like who she was and how she treated people um I think that she was just so like just gave like people a lot of grace and she was a really good listener and I feel like she was really good at giving like soft advice you know like not like hardcore like you should do this like I was saying Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she, I think of her often when I think about when I struggle with my mom sometimes because mm-hmm. she really, she knew that like my mom and I were struggling because my mom and her were close and she had said some things to me that were just kind of like, give your mom a chance, like just give her an opening, you know? And, um, yeah, I just, like, always remember that, and I think that, um, I don't know. I just think it was just so sweet that she would encourage me like that without, like, overstepping, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of think about, like, just trying to, like, remember that, like, especially with family, just, like, trying to have grace even when... um it's just like a really hard time to like get along with certain people and you know I don't know just kind of like holding space for them and um trying to give them like more of a chance or an opportunity I guess Mm -hmm. yeah this episode was so sad it's so heavy Uh, I have to talk about rainbows and candy. And my heart is so heavy right now. Like I just need to go cry. <laughs> so, does anybody want to go first on your artist day talk? So, oh, Becca does because I did a virtual museum tour of the Van Gogh Museum, which is why wow. I was texting you, Noelle, a bunch of things about Van Gogh. Um, I so, like, Van like I miss going to art museums so much and then I remembered that there's like a bunch of places that have virtual museum exhibitions so I googled found the Van Gogh one Noelle is it Van Gogh or Van Gogh because I've had snobby people tell me both ways I wonder that too it's technically Van Gogh but there's a lot became famous in Paris and the way you would say it in French is Van Gogh right sure what 
like how, how so do you say it? I say Van Gogh because if I try and pronounce it in the Dutch way, I know I'm going to say it wrong, mm. and most people will understand what I say if I say Van Gogh. And like that, yeah. Um, and I think it's important to remember that whenever you're saying a name from history or something like that, you are probably not saying it correctly. Mm. Good point. I pronounce Descartes perfect every time. (laughs) (laughs) But that's such a good artist, Jade. Though, yeah, Yeah, that was really really good. I was like, it was super interesting because I don't know a ton about Van Gogh except for like Starry Night or whatever. Um, And I know that he lived in that one place in France. But he did a series on books and then it was talking about things he liked with books. And Van Gogh's favorite author was Charles Dickens, who he read obsessively, which Charles Dickens to me is like, he's all right, whatever. But he also loved Shakespeare. John Keats and Tolstoy, who are my three favorite authors. So I secretly am Van Gogh. He didn't know. I've been hitting up the brothels. Watch out for your ears. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it when people are like, oh, Van Gogh's such a great Christian and like talk about him. It's what? like, yeah, I think Van Gogh, well, yeah. People say he's a Christian? What? Uh, he almost, he was almost a missionary. Yeah. Before mm-hmm. he was a, To the process. <laughs> yeah, and like everybody loves to quote Van Gogh, which is great. I also love to quote Van Gogh all the time. I think he's got some beautiful art quotes, but he also has quotes like, it is so good for your soul to visit a brothel weekly. And that's one of my favorite Van Gogh quotes. Take that one to heart. Here I go. <laughs> New art estate. Posting that on the IG. Oh, so anyway, gosh. I did that. That was really fun. Um, I was interested to see some of his like Asian-inspired art. I didn't know. And then I learned that the Dutch had like a very long trading relationship with the Japanese, which influenced their art, and that you can see all kinds of Japanese furniture in all these different paintings by the Dutch master. So just went on a big rabbit trail of learning a bunch of things. So that was fun. Did two walks. That was good. Weather's warmer. And only did uh, morning pages twice, both in the evening. Hey, still success. I, I felt like you wrapped that last little bit. <laughs> I was like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> you did, Have you ever watched the movie Loving Vincent? Mm-mm. I've heard of that. Was it good? It is one of my favorite movies. I think it's really good. Huh. Um, so, so Artist it's Day about, for this week. Artist Day. Yeah. <laughs> right after I Research. hit up the brothel. <laughs> yeah, right after you hit up the brothel. Right after the brothel yeah. stop. <laughs> yeah, everybody always says, oh, he mailed it to his girlfriend. He mailed it to his girlfriend who was a prostitute. His ear. Anyway. Uh, but they broke up because she wouldn't stop sleeping with other guys. Yes, because that was her job. <laughs> so, <laughs> but he so got together rough. with her when she was pregnant and so he thought she wasn't going to do that anymore and then yeah anyway yes yes Anna what was there your artist a- date <laughs> yeah. moral of the story no, um I have been working out recently and really proud myself because I don't Snaps stick for Anna. rhythm I'm start working out no I'm kidding um but I worked out outside which was really nice because um, it was like a really nice spring day. And uh, that was really great. Um, and then, oh gosh, it was the second thing that I did. Yeah, I don't, I, don't. <laughs> I lost it, but working out outside was great. So I'm going to stick with that artist. And I did one morning page. So I don't know if I'm still the star queen. <laughs> My crown okay. has been taken away. <laughs> Um, I did not have a good week on this subject. Um, I think I did one artist page. I did one thing that could maybe be considered an artist date and I did two walks, but also I'm walking all the time. So (laughs) does that count? (laughs) Oh, I did like two walks also. (laughs) Um, yes. So just. What did you do for, for your artist date? <laughs> um, I like, <laughs> I like made, I like tried a new recipe. Like, cool. Made something. <laughs> Great. Good job. That was my artist date. Was your artist date? So, um, for this wasn't last, this week, but the week before that, this week, I so I made the Grandma Beulah rolls, 
And oh, then yeah. that same week, it was St. Patrick's Day, and my husband's family, I don't know if you can tell by the name McManus, <clears throat> is very Irish. Um, but they, like, for St. Patrick's Day, they always make corned beef hash or um, corned beef. And so I smoking the hash? <laughs> smoking the hash? So I smoke, no, uh, Julia smoking the hash. Oh, gosh. Especially <laughs> in this chapter. <laughs> um, so I made, like, corned beef. Um, and I made like these rolls. So it was like his family and my family together in one meal. And I was like, this is really special and sweet. That's so special. Yeah. And it was pretty good. And then I watched, what did I do? Oh, I started watching Shit's Creek again. That was my art state this week. Mm, (laughs) Love that. Ew, David. journey for you. Ew, David. (laughs) I love that show so much. Um, and then I did, I think I did my artist page or my morning pages like four times this week. And I took a walk. Oh, here is the star creator. Here we go. We have there you go. <laughs> She's back. She has emerged. Finished the painting. She's back. <laughs> four. But I only painted like once this week. So. But didn't you finish the painting? Too. Almost. Finished. No, I still have to work on it some more. Oh, okay. I'm almost done with it. But. Okay, wait, my second artist date, not that I had to have, because I felt like working outside was like something that I was going to do anyways, so it's like not that great. But I, I've been meaning to research these things, and as a seven, I go to five in comfort. And so researching is like a really great, healthy spot for me. And so a friend of mine really wants to get into like construction management, like didn't know what the best program was. And I spent like a whole day researching it and I made a spreadsheet and I like got really crazy oh, into wow. it. And then I also researched another topic that I was also like really interested in. And I also made a spreadsheet for that. And it was like really interesting because I was talking to my best friend and I was like, if you had told me five years ago that I'm like going to enjoy making spreadsheets and researching stuff, I would have been like, you're crazy. I'm never going to do that. But I was thinking of, um, what's that girl that did the Harmony Triad? Julie? Mandy Moore. Oh, Lindsay. Lindsay. Lindsay, I don't know where I'm getting Julie from. But Harmony Triad, I was like really feeling my (laughs) harmony getting into the one and the fi- like the five and the four. Uh, I don't know. I just was like, yeah. I am, I am harmony. And it was, it was really cool. <laughs> but it's like a weird artist state. And I don't know if that would work for everybody, but. Or you are Laird Blumquist making a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a weird artist state, but it totally felt so satisfying. So satisfying. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Coffee and Creatives. We hope you enjoyed the show. Our theme music is by Patrick Nichols. Derek McCauley and Patrick Nichols are our producers. Anna Wayne is our social media creative. Christina Nichols is our special event and guest creative. Rebecca McCauley is our writing content creative. Noelle McManus is our creative director. To learn more about our creative journey, check out our Instagram at coffee underscore and underscore creative or our website at www.coffeeandcreativesproject.com. If you enjoy our podcast, please rate and review.